Hello and welcome back to episode 8 of the Personal Trainer Portal podcast. If you made it this far through the podcasts, you're doing well to cope with us too. How are you doing, Pete? <laughs> I'm very well. How are you, Lewis? All good, mate. All good. So, we don't normally start with this, but I've just um, <laughs> searched some good opening podcast questions. By the way, we are going to be talking about commercial versus private gyms in a few minutes. But for now, I want to ask Pete a question. So, would you rather have? Oh, <laughs> would you rather have edible spaghetti hair that regrows every night, or sweat maple syrup? Now, I just want to ask a couple more questions on this. So, if I'm gonna sweat maple syrup, that's every time I work out. So, any time you sweat. But then, obviously, you've got to take into account I live in a hot country. So, like, good point. I sweat quite often. You know, yep. just just doing day to day tasks that you wouldn't even sweat, break sweating. I would sweat. So, in how much maple syrup? Well, because um... that's going to be really sticky. I'm going to be sticky oh, all it. the time. Imagine, <laughs> how, imagine when you have clothes on, how sticky you're going to be. I know, but then you've got to remember as well, what about wasps? Oh, bees? yeah, never thought I'd, about that. I'd be like, I'd just be chased. <laughs> I, don't, I, just, I think I'm going to have to go spaghetti because I just don't think I'd live a comfortable life with maple syrup. I'd be sticky. I'd be chased by, like, insects. Mm. Um you know, and you've got to think with no, you've got to think with spaghetti. You then just have a never-ending supply of pasta. Well, I tell you what, it'd make the day, like the weekly shop a lot cheaper. Yeah, well, <laughs> exactly, and you could have pasta every night. But then so, you know there is drawbacks with that as well, isn't it? Because it's like that. Smell like you wouldn't want to smell a tomato sauce. Yeah, true. Or is it just spaghetti without the sauce? Is it just the pasta? No, no, no. It's just the pasta. But dry so, pasta or fresh? Um, dry. Oh, dry. That'd be all right. Would that? Yeah. So, yeah. So it'd be dry pasta every time, or the sticky maple syrup. I think I'd go dry pasta. Yeah, I'd have I think, to. I think I'd agree with you on, on that one. But here's a question for you. Off the back of that. Go on then. What type of pasta would you choose for your hair? Well, that question was spaghetti, but if I could have any, it'd be tagliatelle. Oh, I do like tagliatelle, <laughs> yeah. It has to be tagliatelle, doesn't it? But then you'd have to have long hair most of the time, wouldn't you? I'm fine with that if I'm getting tagliatelle. Last thing I want oh. is ravioli coming out my head. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine ravioli. Oh, like, what's you the other one? go for them... What's the the little fus- fusu- ones? Is it fusuli? Fusuli? I don't know how to pronounce it. Yeah, fusuli. Yeah, fusuli. Um, or penne. Penne. That'd be quite cool, wouldn't it? Like it, spiky. It, you'd almost. Look at, do you know when you're when you're about eight, nine, ten year old, and you go to a school disco, and then you just spike your hair up? That's almost yeah. what like penne pasta would pa- penne pasta would be like. So it'd be a bit like JFT in between us, wouldn't it? Yes. Like this quiff. Yeah. No, no, not Jay. No, Simon. Not Jay. Um, Simon. Simon, yeah. Simon, yeah. Simon. It'd be like his, but all over, just like really wet. <laughs> <laughs> it, 
But it couldn't be because it was dry pasta, though, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, we haven't boiled it yet. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Anyway, on that wow. note, that <laughs> somehow there's a segue in a commercial or private gym here. So, somehow, on the note yeah. of pasta... <laughs> <laughs> on the note of pasta and maple syrup, like I said, today's episode is going to be about commercial versus private gyms. We have touched on this topic in a few other podcasts, but we want to go in a little bit more in depth. So the reason me and Pete know each other, if you listen to one of our other podcasts, is that we both started out at a commercial gym in Gosforth, which is in Newcastle, in 2015, whereas we then... And I still do work now in a private gym facility. And there's pros and cons of both. And we're going to go a little bit more in depth about that. First off, we'll talk about commercial gym as the majority of people listening to this are going to be maybe beginners starting out within a commercial gym. So do you want to do you want to take the lead on this one, commercial gyms? Yeah. Uh, so obviously... What are the, the main benefits? Um, the main benefits, obviously, you've got a big um, pool of possible clients who might want personal training straight away um so that's great obviously we were a bit luckier because we went into a brand new commercial gym that just opened so we were the first pts so you've got a massive influx of uh new members who were potentially looking for a pt so that was good so i think obviously that's a big one um obviously then there's a there's all uh a turnover of members and so there's always new members coming through the door new people to see uh, what you're doing see your face talk to introduce yourself to so you've got that benefit too really yeah i agree i think that i think that's probably the biggest thing isn't it about commercial gyms is that the main attraction is that you've got a mass amount of people at your you know who you see every single day and if yeah. those people are in a gym yes not everyone is going to be your target market but the majority of people are going to be people who are obviously wanting to get fit healthier whatever their goal may be and especially if they're at a commercial gym you probably yes you're going to get a few but you're not going to get some like really um hardcore bodybuilders powerlifters strong men the majority of people in a low budget commercial gym are going to be your 25 to 55 man or woman who just wants to get fit yeah it's it's that gen pop isn't it the so but that's you know if you're starting out that's probably where you want to work yeah exactly because yeah. you get to know you know you get to work with a massive array of people like we've touched on this on previous podcasts of finding out who maybe suits your style of training the way you are um is really good to have that mix of of clientele yeah and i and i think when we first started the gym as you said we did start when the gym was first opening so we started from obviously it was getting built and then we started from day one but even you know after a few weeks and months you see very similar people each time but you know there's still an influx of newer newer people who you give inductions you give tours to and they're the people who you can sell your pt to i mean if you've got hundreds or thousands of people on a weekly basis coming through the doors of the gym, there's almost, if you know how to speak to people, there's no reason why you shouldn't be able to pick up five clients. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I remember doing inductions and um, at the start, the inductions used to be chocker, didn't there? There was lots oh, yeah. of people. Um, and you just, you know, management would try and tell you, look, just get yourself across 
obviously you've got to show them the basics of safety stuff, but then get them on a machine, give them a few little pointers, ask questions, you know, what about them, uh, engage with them. And then near the end of it, just drop in, you know, what you do, personal training, take them over to the personal training board where we all had our profiles on, give them a business card or two. Um, and then, you know, that might spark a conversation. It might be further down the road because not everyone says straight away, right, I want a PT. They want to get to know you, see what you're doing. But if you plant the seeds a month or two down the line, that person's more likely to come and see you rather yeah. than another PT. Yeah, exactly. I think that's the main benefit of being a commercial gym, that you've got a load of people who are just who are just there, who you're going to see on a daily and weekly basis. But I think another one is that gym commercial gyms for a PT are usually lower rent. I mean, in our instance, you know, with actual finances, we didn't um, exchange any money whatsoever as rent. We exchanged our time. And if you're a busy PT, and you get to the point where your, your diary's full, then exchanging your time for rent, like we did 12 hour shifts per week where we did inductions to us where we weren't allowed to PT clients. That was great at the start, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, that worked out so well because you start now, you don't have to pay just to be in the building, do you, without a client? So 12 hours at the start, you've got plenty of time at the start. If you've just you know, you've quit your job or you're starting PT as your full-time job, you've got that time spare where those 12 hours, if you're smart with it, you can put towards picking up clients. Um, and yeah, like you say, the conflict arises as you get busier, but at the start, you're not, it's not costing you anything and you've got potential to pick clients up. Yeah, so I think they're the two main benefits, aren't they, of being in a commercial gym is that yeah. you've got access to a lot of people to pick up a lot of potential leads and clients and rent is usually lower. But obviously there are some some negatives about commercial gyms, which is almost the things reasons why we left as well. Touching on what we just said there, one of the reasons for us was because we didn't want to exchange the time um, for our rent anymore. That was one of the reasons we left. But commercial gyms you normally feel a little bit more employed as well because yeah you know you have all these commercial gyms like the gym where we were pure gym exercise flesh all, all the other ones um they have a set structure on how they want to run things and you're always at the mercy of what the the managers uh, and then you'll have like the regional managers and then the you know the the, the bigger managers of the gym and they're almost always going to have the power over what how they want to run things yeah, so I think we'd, we'd probably have to mention that, like, although it was a great setup for us, um, you do, it does sort of have a, a shelf life working in a commercial gym because yeah. you are, although you're self employed, you're kind of at the mercy, like you say, of the management, um, of the, the bigger bosses, whatever, the, the brand, the company. So, you know, they could change the setup and maybe take the hours away from rent and may, maybe put a charge on it. And yeah. So although you're self-employed, you sort of... You feel employed at the same time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You feel like you're doing both, really. Um, and then you've got to remember, like, although it's a really good setup, 
but you know, no pay, no rent, just giving hours, they're going to get them like try, try to think how to word it. Basically, they're looking after themselves. Yeah, they're always so, going to put themselves first. Yeah, exactly. So you, you're at the mercy of them, basically. And and they wouldn't do that if it didn't work for them as well. So exactly. good, good, excuse me, as good as it sounds, there's going to be some drawbacks there as well. And exactly. And that's also the reason they kept us as self-employed. I mean, it's a good business model when you think about it from their point of view. They kept us as self-employed. So they didn't need to employ us. They didn't pay us any type of salary. Mm. Yes, they paid the managers and the assistant manager. They were the only ones. But in terms of us as the PTs, we were working for free for the 12 hours. They didn't pay us anything. So we weren't on, you know, employee benefits or anything like that. But they also had the power um, over us to almost tell us how to do things. Yeah. So yeah, definitely. And- as a PT, if you're starting out, it, it's great to be in a commercial gym as from the benefits we just mentioned before. But as you said, there is going to be a shelf life. And I can imagine, you know, for a lot of people listening to this, you might be in a commercial gym as most people are. Most PTs are in a commercial gym and you're probably finding that, you know, things are going well, but you, you're probably starting to look out at some private gyms or maybe even open up your own gym down the line. But at the minute, you need to make sure that you've built up your business enough so you've got enough clients to be able to do that and move to a private gym. And yeah, I think that moving on to a private gym is, it, it's almost like there's a ranking system, isn't there? It's like you start off as a PT, you get into a commercial gym, you spend a few years, you know, learning the trade a bit better and actually yeah. running, you know, teaching your service, building up a client base. And then usually the next step is either move to a private gym or open up your own place. Yeah, definitely. Um, it seems like that's the sort of natural progression, isn't it? Yeah. And I think the main benefit of being in a private gym is that it gives you a lot more freedom and time um and you feel like you are more self-employed you're not at the mercy of the the big commercial chain gyms yeah because i mean i used to find as well because obviously you work in a commercial gym you have to wear a uniform yeah good that point. isn't branded with your company or your name um it's you know the commercial gym's name and it almost feels sometimes that less professional and you can't really market yourself as such, you know, in a commercial gym. Yeah. In a commercial gym where you go private, you might be able to wear your own um, kit or the private gym might have a kit and you can, you know, do something with that. And it just looks a little bit more professional and, and worth a bit more. Yeah. And I think for the, I think one of the biggest things as well is for clients and potential new clients, it looks a lot better when you're in a private gym because you don't have a lot of people around. You might have clients or potential clients who've messaged you saying they're quite, um, you know, they're not wanting to be around a lot of people when they're training. I know when I first started, you know, everyone gets a little bit insecure and you might have clients who are slightly insecure. They don't like being around at busy times. So being at a private gym where where they don't have the worry of being around a lot of other people, and, you know, there might be at maximum at our gym at the minute, there might be, what, in the evening, 10 people in at the busiest time yeah. compared to, yeah. say, 80 to 100 in a commercial gym. So that is a big draw for the clients as well, which in turn, you can 
up your prices because it's more exclusive. Yeah, definitely. I mean, um, it's it just has a completely different vibe, doesn't it? If yeah, you can definitely. take someone in and straight away, the, the difference I don't think we've touched on is like a commercial gym, that customer or client of yours, if you get them on your social media and they're maybe not in the gym, you then have to say, well, look, do the consultation. This is the prices, but you also need to take a membership at the gym. So that's, it's yeah, a little point. hurdle. Although for most people, that isn't a problem because the commercial gyms are quite low um, in cost. For some people, it's just a fast. So if you're in a private gym and, and someone comes for a consultation, they literally come into the gym, use the gym when you're there, you take them through it. There's no sort of extra membership cost or anything like that involved. Yeah, yeah, that's a big one. And I think them just knowing that they're in a, a private facility where they're not going to feel insecure. Um, obviously, <laughs> we're going off our experience with the private gym. We're at obviously yeah. every private gym will run uh, differently yeah. because it's depending on the owner and how they do things. Um, but usually, that is one of the biggest draws of being in a private facility. Um, but again, there's just like the commercial. There's going to be some. I wouldn't say downsides of being a private gym, but with everything, there's going to be something where, you know, you might want to think about staying at a commercial gym. So one of the main ones is obviously you don't have that, um, have the, the big groups of people coming in every single day. Yeah, you, you don't have that sort of footfall and, and like clientele around, do you, seeing what you're doing. So social media, word of mouth, things like that becomes so much more important. Because that's how, potentially, I mean, some studios and, and private facilities will help you with customers and, yeah. and clients, won't they? And sort of pass leads your way. But there's a lot more emphasis on you being proactive and oh, yeah, having, having, a, having systems in there that is going to generate new clientele rather than just going on the gym floor and, and chatting to people, essentially. Yeah, exactly. So it's, it's slightly harder to market yourself because you don't have that you know, plethora of people. And as well, rent can be a little bit higher in a private gym compared to, you know, yeah. we, were, we were trading time at the gym, but in other commercial gyms, they actually do charge rent. They might charge, I don't know, from what I heard, maybe 400 quid a month, let's just say, three to 500 quid per month yeah. at a commercial gym. Whereas at a private gym, um, we pay by session, but I know other private gyms do it differently. But even if, you know, they have a similar model or the commercial, it is usually higher. So I think they're probably the two biggest things, aren't they? The rent's going to be a little yeah. bit higher. And two, you're not going to have that, that big group of people. Yeah, I mean, just touching on the rent, I mean, sort of, I obviously stayed in a commercial gym for a while. Um, and... I think what you find is when, when you are busy and and your name's getting banded about a bit, you will get offers from private gyms. You we know, both, not, you, we you, both moved at the same time, didn't we? Well, yeah, yeah. Um, but before I moved, you know, I had a few chances to go places. Um, and that wasn't me actively looking out. It was social media or, you know, someone knowing someone saying, oh, I know this PT is quite busy. And obviously for a private gym owner, they're keen on a busy PT for them, um, for their facility. But you've just got to make sure it's right for you. The terms are right because there were so many different ways you can 
pay rent, there's like percentage of session. I yeah. remember hearing off other PTs from a gym that the, I'm sure the facility charged nearly up to 50%. Yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking which, about. Which is so much money. It really is so much money. So you've got to really know where you're going, what's involved. Because if you commit to that, that's that could be half your income out the window. So exactly. And that's, that's probably another reason why you need to put your prices up as well to then counter that cost in rent as well. Yeah, exactly. So talk, talking about our story a little bit, what was the main, obviously I know this, but I mean for people to listen to this, yeah, what yeah. was the main reason you chose to move from commercial to private? I know you said you had some offers um, before, a few months before you did actually, but what was the reason you did? I think the main reason was I'd sort of done my time in the commercial gym. So I think it, it, it worked out maybe about four or five years, four and a half years um, in the commercial. In that it was about, yeah, I think it was about three and a half, three and a half, yeah. I think it was. And I'd seen a lot of people come and go. Um, and it's that whole argument we had earlier where it's you're self-employed, but you're not. And I think it gets to a point where if you want to progress and, and improve, I think sometimes you've just got to change change scenery and, and, you know, progress into something different. And, and obviously I think, yeah, I've just done my time um, and I wanted to sort of build on that and, and change it up a bit, really. Yeah. And I think saying that, that's great. And that was pretty much exactly the reason I did as well. But for people to listen to this, who might be in within the first three years, and I think a lot of people who listen to this might be in the first three years of PT, and they've only done it for like six months to a year. They've built up, you know, you might have built up a decent client base. It might be a little bit inconsistent in terms of you've got your core foundational clients who you know are probably never going to leave you. And trust me, we've all got those. But then you've got other clients who are, you know, who are coming and going. Um, and you don't have that strong foundation of probably, you know, a, at least like eight plus clients. And if you're within that first year, especially, or even the first three years, but definitely the first year, and they're thinking of, oh, should I go to a private gym now? What would you say to that person? I'd say hold tight. I'd, um, I'd definitely say don't, don't jump too early because, um, I'm sure you can remember there was PTs that left really quick um, and it just didn't work out. I just think, I mean, we were talking about something different earlier and saying what the secret is. And it's that boring thing of just being consistent um, putting the grind in, putting the work in um, and just building slowly. I mean, everything worth having takes a bit of time. So yeah. All right, you maybe maybe you've got off to a great start, and you've been lucky with your situation, and you've picked up a lot of clients. But I just feel jumping too early, you, you just might regret that. And if clients Grass drop, isn't off, always green, is it? Exactly, exactly. So what? What? There'd be no disadvantage really for you staying a bit longer and just keeping that momentum and building, building. And then when the time is right, you've done a bit of time. Because remember this, you've got to do some time sort of in the trenches. 
bit cliche, yeah, but you've just got to, you know, put that work in and figure out what way you want to take it and have a plan and then jump. I just don't think you should go too early. What about you? What would you say? Yeah, I would say if you listen to this and you, you're within your th- first year and you're, like I said, you've built up a decent client base and you now think that it's time. I would say, just like you said, just hold your horses for a little bit and don't make the jump too soon. Only make the jump when one, you know that you've got a solid client base. And you another thing is you know that the private facility you are looking at going to is within a good location to your current clients. Because if you're going to a, a you're looking at going to a private facility which isn't in the best location and your commercial gym's in a really prime location, your clients might not want to go over there. So I, I would yeah. say without directly asking your clients, just almost put the feelers out there and see which clients might not follow you. So one, make sure you know you're going to have a lot of clients follow you if you do decide. But I would say just, as you said, build up the time on the commercial gym floor almost for at least like two years, I would say, if not even three, because you're going to be able to work with a lot of people, a lot of different people, and you might not know your niche yet, but the more people you work with, the more people you find out who you don't like working with and the people who you do like working with. So overall, to answer the question, I'd say only move if you know that it's definitely the right thing to do build up the time first in the commercial gym build up a good client base and then decide to move to the private yeah yeah i definitely agree with that definitely talk to your clients and see you know what their thoughts on are on moving if they'll follow with you because you, the last thing you want to do is move and then half your client base just decides they don't want to go with you because you know, further forward. <laughs> yeah. you know you're just you're just taking two steps back really exactly so it's all you might think it's a great idea when you're on the position and because you built up you know 30 sessions worth a, a pt client but if then you're saying right you know you mentioned to your clients right i'm going over to this facility um and i'm moving next month um this is where it is and this is what's happening. And then a few once you've told them all a few days later, you find out that only half of them are going to follow you because they don't really like the location. They can't make it there. Then you're screwed. <laughs> then, you know, yeah. you're going over there and you haven't really planned to how many clients you're going to be taking over. I think, I think the other thing we haven't really touched on is, you know, like when we go to a gym, there's me and you would train in potentially a different gym to what our clientele would train in. So we would like maybe more of a serious gym. Um, whereas if you put some of your clients in there that are just starting out, they would be intimidated by that. So then if one of these private studios or gyms um, approach you, you need to think not from your point of view, because you know it's like you're in a commercial gym great but then you go to this nice private studio and they've got all these shiny toys new kit you know the 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 owner promises you the world and you can almost get wrapped up in it but you need to sort of be objective and subjective with it and say like right so and so that i train and so and so well would they do like to train there because the, if majority of our clients are general pop and very say let's say they're middle-aged women who have just started out at the gym and you take them to sort of a crossfit gym i mean 
some of them might literally dive in there and, and swim, but some of them might just go in and there do and do hand sink. clean snatches with some Raj Burpee over bar thing. Exactly. And, you know, it's, it's not just that. It's also the other members in that gym. You know, if you've got all these big butch um, CrossFitters just sort of in there grunting away, um, not to upset any CrossFitters that listen to this, <laughs> but um, I'm sure there's some friendlier CrossFitters out there. But, um, yeah, basically, you just they're going to feel intimidated and they might move with you, but then they might just drop off. Those sessions might just drop off over the months, weeks yeah, and months. I agree. So I think just knowing and planning out if the private facility is what you're thinking about, just make sure your clients are going to fit in there. Like Pete says there, it might look great for you and all the shiny new toys, but it's not for you. It's for you to run your business out of for your clients. Yeah. It's not for you. Yeah. It's for your clients. So I think that's quite a big one, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, just to touch on our experience again, because obviously Lewis decided to follow me um, after I left. <laughs> and um, But you can see why, because like the studio we went to, there's just a, there was a friendly, well, there still is, um, yeah. a friendly feel. So I'm still there. Yeah, well, it, it must be fr- half friendly. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so it's friendly um, when you're in there training your clients and the other PTs are in there training. Everyone's talking, sort of motivating each other. You know, when you get to know each other, you might, Lewis might shout over to my client, come on, you know, if, let's say they're going for a big deadlift or they're doing slay pushes. Um, and you might shout across and say, like, well done, or come on. So there's there's a bit of banter, there's a bit of motivation there. Everyone's friendly. Everyone acknowledges each other. And if you're someone, if you have a client that's intimidated, and they come in suddenly into this environment, and everyone's like, hiya, how are you? Um, well it's done. feel comfortable, that. doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. And it just, it just takes those walls down straight away. Yeah, I agree. So, so I think... Just think yeah. about that. Yeah, thinking about the from the client's point of view and would they like it? And that's a big one. So I think we've yeah, covered definitely. quite a few different things on commercial and private gyms there. And I can imagine a lot of people listening to this, you, you might be in a commercial gym. And I just recommend that, you know, build a foundational client base up first because commercial gyms have so many benefits, especially for when you're first starting out. And if you want to listen to some of our other podcasts about, you know, how to pick up clients and how different ways to charge which is actually going to be in the next episode so if you listen to this you know listen to our next episode which will be episode nine about how you should charge for your pt sessions if you're in a commercial gym so hope you enjoyed that one and we will see you in the next one see you later